Good morning. This morning's reading is from Luke 4, 40 through 44. At sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness, and laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Moreover, demons came out of many people, shouting, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak, because they knew he was the Messiah. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Ray. If you haven't yet, please open your Bibles to Luke 4, starting at verse 40. And uh, as you do that, uh, let's pray. Lord, please uh, speak to each one of us today through your word, your timeless, um, eternal word. Show us... um, uh, God, show us how Jesus lived within the limits and the calling that you gave him and give us the wisdom and the acceptance to do the same. And just make us good listeners now to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Several years ago, a farmer in Franklin County um, was working in his field, in his hay field with his family, He was a a big guy, big strong guy who saw himself as someone who could do it all. Um, And they were working with round bales. I'm not sure what particular size, but some of those can be quite big and heavy, up to, you know, 800, 1,200 pounds. Um, And one of those bales came rolling off the end of a wagon, and he wanted to stop it. So he made a split-second decision to get in front of it and try to grab it and stop it. And he greatly underestimated his strength. And sadly, he was crushed by that round bale and didn't survive. I know that story because a pastor friend of mine officiated his funeral. Um, You might say that was a pretty stupid thing to do, right? Of course you're not strong enough to stop an 800-pound rolling hay bale, Um, And it was foolish, but I think we all have something in common with that guy. Um, How often do we try to live beyond our limits? We try to do more than we can handle or be more than we are called to be. We're tempted to, to live beyond our limits, and if we do that, it's only a matter of time before we get crushed. You see, our world sends us the message from every direction that limits are meant to be broken. You know, when we're sick, we expect there to be a cure. When we want to go somewhere 20 miles away, we expect to be able to get in the car and get there in 15 minutes. Uh, When we want something, we expect to be able to click a few buttons and have it dropped off from the UPS truck in a couple days. We expect to be able to work full-time while raising kids, while having a dozen activities, while maintaining ties with family and friends, while having lots of fun. (laughs) 
And if you, you know, look at talk shows and, and books and articles, they're telling us, like, how to live longer, how to be smarter, how to be more productive, how to make more money, how to do more. Um, and those are all very crushing expectations. The good news I have for you today is that Scripture um, tells us something different. It says, God designed you with certain limits, with very specific limits, and he doesn't expect you to live beyond them. In fact, it's only within those limits that you can find and walk in your God-given calling. That's my message today. I wonder if you would be surprised to hear that the person who most perfectly lived within limits was Jesus. And normally when we think of Jesus, we think of like Superman, right? Someone who did it all, who had all the power, all the time, all the strength, all the wisdom. And yet if you actually carefully read Scripture, we see that Jesus was constantly saying no to things. Constantly not doing things that people wanted him to do. Constantly, um, ed, uh, you know, surrendering to the boundaries of his physical strength, his need for rest, his need for solitude, his need for prayer. He lived within limits. Only, with, only because Jesus did that, in fact, could he accomplish his mission and save you and me. Um, so first, I want to look at this passage from Luke 4, 40, 40 through 44, and learn how Jesus lived within his limits, and then we'll talk about how you and I can live within ours. So how did Jesus do it, and what did he do? This passage in Luke 4 um, shows us that Jesus was in high demand. Lots of people wanted his time. Lots of people wanted a piece of him. Um, he has just recently launched his public ministry. He's done some teaching and some healing. And the news has begun to spread around Galilee, Capernaum, around Capernaum. Did you hear about this new rabbi, Jesus? Uh, I saw him cast a demon out of a man. Oh, I heard him teach in my synagogue, and I've never heard anything like it. I heard he can even heal people of sickness. You know, like, lots, lots of people were, were uh, hearing that Jesus could do all this stuff. And so, um, one Sabbath day, after teaching in a synagogue in Capernaum, Jesus goes to Simon Peter's house, the same guy who's about to be called as his disciple, and while he is there, he heals Simon Peter's mother-in-law of some illness that's causing a fever. Um, but his workday is just beginning. It says in verse 40, At sunset, many people, quote, brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness. Now, why did they wait until sunset to come? It was a Sabbath day. And so, by Jewish custom and law, they were not allowed to carry anything or to walk very far on the Sabbath. But the sun was setting, which means Sabbath was ending, and so it's like 
You know, the first moment the stores are open on Black Friday, like as soon as, as soon as it's over, as soon as the Sabbath is over, they are bringing people to Jesus. They're coming to the house with their sick babies and their friends on stretchers and their, you know, everyone who, who they know who's sick, they're like, hey, there's this guy who's doing healing and, and exorcism and, and it's free. Like, let's go get healed. They don't want to wait any longer. Um, and what does Jesus do? He has compassion on them and he heals them. Who knows how late he stayed up in the dark out there in front of Peter's house healing people. Yet even here, we see Jesus submitting to certain limits. He lays his hands on people one by one and heals them. I wonder if Jesus ever thought or ever prayed, Father, it would be so much easier if I could just say the words and heal everyone in the whole world, or at least everyone in this crowd, instead of like taking my time with every single one. Jesus had a human body that could only be in one place at one time. He healed people one by one. That was a limit that he submitted to. Um, he had access to unlimited power, but he chose to be limited. But the key part of this passage <clears throat> where we see Jesus living within limits that we can relate to is verses 42 and on. It says, At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. Let's pause there. He went out to a solitary place. Why did he do that? Because he needed solitude. He, uh, he was the son of God, and yet he needed time to be with his father in solitude and pray. In fact, in, the Mar in Mark's account of the same passage, that's what he says. He went out to pray. Um, think about it. He was up late healing people. He was probably tired. He had been with people nonstop the day before. And so he is hungry for some solitude, for some time alone with God. Um, he knew that without regular silence and solitude and prayer, he, his tank would run dry. He depended on solitude. And on time alone, time in the quiet. Um, and he did that even when he disappointed people. Look at verse 42. Well, actually, the rest of, yeah, the rest of verse 42. The people were looking for him, it says. Like, where did Jesus go? He was here last night. We have more people that need help. The people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving. Can you imagine how that conversation played out? Like, Jesus, we've been looking everywhere for you. Uh, there's more people that need help. Jesus, you know, you have a really good thing going here. You could set up, uh, you know, just set up a tent. Um, just have people come to you, have regular hours. You know, you could even make some good money off of this. Just, just stay here and help us. 
At the very least, they could have appealed to his love. Like, Jesus, there are still so many people who need help. Couldn't you stay for just another day, just another week? But look at how Jesus answers them. He said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. That is why I was sent. Not only did Jesus know his physical, emotional, spiritual need for solitude, for prayer, to be recharged, he also knew exactly the limits and boundaries of his calling. He said, I must preach the good news, the gospel, in other towns also. That is why I was sent. His calling was not to heal every person in Israel. His calling wasn't to stay in one place and draw a crowd. It certainly wasn't to do what everyone wanted him to do around him. Um, He knew the Father had sent him to proclaim the good news. That was his main calling, which limited and focused everything he did. Even his miracles were not the main point. Those were to support and point to and reinforce the teaching he had about the kingdom of God. He didn't heal every sick person, even though people wanted to. He didn't draw the biggest crowd possible, even though his disciples wanted that. He didn't try to lead a revolution, even though people expected him to do that. He had a clear calling from God, and that limited what he did. I want to pause in this passage and ask, how can we live within our limits? What what are our limits and how can we live within them? Well, we all have physical limits. For starters, you have a body. That body can only be in one place at one time. As much as cell phones or the internet or Zoom tries to convince us otherwise, You can only be in one place at one time. Um, Your body needs sleep every night and food and drink every day. Um, You are male or female in your body, which limits and defines part of your life and your calling, right? You may have additional limits that come from age or illness, limited mobility, limited sight or vision, limited energy, Some of those God might choose to heal and restore and others you might need to learn to live with. It applies to all of us. Um, So you have a limited body. We also have limited emotional and spiritual energy. You can't pour yourself out for others all day long with no rest. If Jesus needed rest and solitude, then you think we do? (laughs) Yes. We all have certain gifts and not others, right? You may be good with numbers, but not with words. You may be a good leader, but not a great counselor. You may be, um, have the gift of prayer, but not public speaking. And those gifts put limits and parameters on your life. You also have a specific calling, That includes whether you're married or single, whether you have kids and grandkids or not, 
whether you're, you know, what career, what vocation you're in. Um, all of those things come with limits. Being married to your spouse means that literally every other person on the planet is off limits to you for a romantic relationship. That's a pretty big limit, right? And yet, that's precisely the reason why marriage is so deep, because you can only commit to that person. Um, having this job means that you don't have that job. You can't do them both. Having young children means that you can't do some things that people without young children do. These are limits. I could go on and on. Um, in fact, ironically, as I was writing the sermon, the hardest thing to do was to limit what I was going to say today. Because I realized this topic is just like, it permeates our lives and scripture. But of course, the, the big limit that hangs over all of us is time. Because we have one life, um, and, and we don't know how long that's going to be, how many years that will be. And in the meantime, there are 24 hours in a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks in a year. That's it. That is a hard stop limit on all of our lives. And I know that all these things can sometimes feel frustrating, right? Like if only I had 25 hours in a day, I could just get everything done. Or um, if only I didn't have this disability, or if only, if only I had this other job or this other life situation. Limits can feel constraining and frustrating sometimes. If only I had more energy. But, but what I want to submit to you today is that the very, the limits that can make your life feel so constrained are actually gifts from God. Because think of them as like the channel or the banks of a river around your life. Without river banks, water becomes a destructive flood or a swamp, right? And the same is true. If, if you try to live without limits, you will destroy some stuff or you will start to die and become stagnant. You need limits to give your life and your calling a direction and power and flow. And it's in discerning and living within those limits, just like Jesus did, that we can most fully love God and love other people and live the life God has called us to live. And it's good news that you don't need to have someone else's gifts. You need to use your gifts. You don't need to be a superman because you are human, just like Jesus. You don't have to help everyone who needs help, just like Jesus. You don't uh, have to understand things beyond understanding. That's God's job. It's okay to disappoint people if you know that God is calling you to something else. We all know what happens when we try to ignore or stretch beyond our limits. Um, we get sick. We get exhausted. We get irritable. 
We get, we get numb in our relationships, maybe even our relationship with God. It, it doesn't work to try to live beyond our limits. And so you have permission to live within your limits. Not just because it's healthy, but because your limits are God-given channels for your calling. Um, what if, you know, you, you can't be married to everyone, but what if you loved your spouse like no one else can? You can't be friends with everyone, but what if you invested deeply in the friends you have? You can't be in two places at once, but what if you were fully present in every situation? What if you fully showed up? You don't have unlimited time, but what if you numbered your days and made the best use of the short time you have? You, you know, your soul will shrivel without solitude and prayer. So what if you decided to dive deeper into prayer than ever? Uh, Valerie Bell, as we know, passed away in November. Most of you knew Valerie, but for the few who didn't, um, she was Alexis Bell's sister. She lived up the road from here. And for the last 20-ish years of her life, she was very limited. And in fact, her life was a story of the limits getting greater and, and her world shrinking. You know, first having to give up work and then eventually giving up, uh, then giving up travel and then giving up driving and then giving up um, her left leg because of, Ill, because of diabetes. And then eventually she was only in her bed or in her wheelchair. And she was so limited and you could look at that and say, gosh, what a, what a sad way to live. What a t terrible set of circumstances. And I know there were certainly days when Valerie was, was sad and frustrated with what she couldn't do. And yet, as I, as I said at her funeral, she, by God's grace, took the limitations, limitations she had and made the most of what she had. She started writing cards to people. First people who had moved away from the church, and then oh, I, I should also write to people who um, were sick in the hospital, and then all oh, people who are grieving, and then why don't I just write a card to everyone who I have an address for in the church? And that's what she did. Most of you here or watching have gotten cards from, from Valerie. Just notes to say we're thinking of you, God loves you. Here's a Bible verse to, to you know, meditate this month, meditate on. And she also prayed for people. She prayed for you. And so maybe Valerie's life wasn't so limited as we think. When, at her funeral, I think we began to realize the impact that this card and prayer ministry truly had and continues to have on people. I wonder uh, what limits in your life you need to notice and submit to today. Is it to say no to an extra commitment? Uh, is it to try to not work that overtime? 
Is it to decide to commit more fully to certain people in your life? For Jesus, his no to some things happened because he was saying yes to God. He was saying yes to the Father all the time. And that meant he said no to other things. Um, he knew, he didn't let anything derail his mission. He didn't sacrifice rest and solitude. He didn't bow to people's expectations or requests. He didn't have ambitions for fame and fortune. I want to return to Luke now as I close and point out one more detail in this story that shows us just how far Jesus went in understanding his limits and living his mission. Verse 41. While Jesus was healing people, it said, Moreover, demons came out of many people shouting, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew he was the Messiah. What is that about? (laughs) Phyllis and I were just talking about this this Tuesday. Why would Jesus not want everyone to know that he was the Messiah? Wasn't that his purpose? Wasn't that his calling to be the Messiah? Well, Jesus knew that to be the Messiah, that included suffering and dying a cruel death for sinners. And he knew that as soon as the word spread that he was claiming to be the Messiah, the events would be set into motion that would lead to his death. And he wasn't ready to go to the cross yet because he knew he still had to teach and preach and spread the word and make disciples. And then the day would come when he did have to go to the cross. That day came and he was painfully and cruelly executed. And even though this is the the most amazing part of the story, even though Jesus was God, he submitted to mortality for us. That's the ultimate limit. And Jesus had an early and untimely death. He did that. He gave himself up to atone for our sin. And in exchange, when we repent and believe in him, we get to experience the unlimited love of God. For eternity. That's, that's what makes it okay for you and I to have limits. Because we know this world isn't all there is. We are connected to an unlimited God. That's what made it okay for Jesus to submit to his limits, even to death in his calling, because he knew that God would raise him from the dead and that he would get to see um, the salvation of mankind. Right? So living within limits is for a good purpose, just like Jesus did. I want you to think about what limits in your life God is saying, hey, you need to pull back, you need to live within this limit. Um, and I wonder about our church as well. We can't, Our our church can't help everyone in our community, 
We can't do everything, but, but what God has given us to do, may we do it very well. May we do it faithfully. May we do it fully. May we all follow Jesus in surrendering to limits now so that we can follow him in eternal life. Let's pray. Lord, in this quiet moment, I pray that you would speak to each person here about uh, the limits they have in their lives, whether they're uh, physical or relational or spiritual, uh, economic. Help us to see our limits not as things to fight against or to, to uh, you know, apologize for, but, but those riverbanks, those channels that we can use to be directed toward you in our true calling. Give us courage. Give us um, uh, the ability to say no to some things so that we can say yes to you and give you our best yes. And we pray that because of, of doing this, we would uh, have fruitful lives. We thank you so much for Jesus who who perfectly followed uh, the limits of his mission and his call um, so that he could save us. And it's in his name we pray these things. Amen.